Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hey, thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Today with me in the studio, again, live post-COVID, here we are. I've got Aleko Bravo-Greenberg. Aleko has a very interesting background. He's had multiple businesses, multiple big businesses. And he's transitioned from one to another and to yet another. So not only are we going to hear about Aleko's background, which is super interesting, but we're going to hear about in the second segment of our show, uh, his new businesses, and and then finally, what he's learned from all of these experiences. So Aleko uh, mastered an MBA from Georgetown and a law degree from Georgetown Law yep. here in DC. And uh, well, Aleko, thanks for joining us. Yeah. First, before we dive into Soldier Fuel, Go Pills, your thoroughbred farm, the company you sold before all of that. Space exploration. Space, tell us a little bit about yourself and that background. Okay. Yeah. Uh, something people wouldn't know is I'm from Mexico. Did not. Well, I did know that. There you go. But a little, little, little detail. Yeah. So my birth- What part of Mexico? Mexico City. So my birth name is Aleco Bravo. Mm-hmm. And there's a story later on why it's Aleco Bravo Greenberg now. Okay. So my papa, my, my biological father, mm-hmm. was a matador based what? in Mexico City. Nobody has that. I know. And my mom <laughs> from Sweden was a prominent showgirl in Las Vegas in the 60s. This is all making sense? I don't know. It's, right. Okay. Yeah, this figure, is the right? beginning of a great book. Okay. <laughs> no, keep going. Uh, I love that. My mother grew up going to Tijuana to watch bullfights and had a mad crush on the matador Jaime Bravo. And years later, she's cashing a paycheck uh-huh. in the casino in Las Vegas at the Tropicana Hotel, where she was a performer, and Papa was in line behind her and asked her on a date. So here was her mad crush in line behind her, asked her on a date, roll in romance, and I'm born in Mexico. Wow. Uh, two and a half years later, Papa was killed in a car accident. Mom moved me back to the States where she had grown up since she was 10. Remember, she's from Sweden. Right. Uh, she went back to the show, and a year and a half later, married my stepfather, Herman Greenberg. Okay. Who was my best friend since the minute we met, and he was from Washington, D.C. He's a real estate developer in D.C., gotcha. so I grew up in Washington, D.C. And then fast forward, uh, education, school, boarding school, which, believe it or not, I begged my family to send me to. Yeah. No, both my kids did that too. Which Really? Is, yeah, it's strange. That doesn't happen very often. I know. I think I, it's, it's, it's a function of where they went to middle school. It's yeah. a strange thing. I, well, I hope they loved it. They did. They both really, really, I mean, oh. my son's still in the middle of it. But. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, after that, University of Virginia, uh, then went to work for my father, Georgetown Law, Georgetown MBA at night. Uh, finished my papers, promptly drove to entertainment industry, Los Angeles, worked in there for a while, uh, actually more than a decade, came back to Virginia. So what'd you do in the entertainment industry? Just side note. 
Uh, well, we had a, and that, that can come into lessons learned the hard way. Okay. Uh, partnered with a friend of mine, my best friend from grad schools. Yeah. And he got me to start a tech company with him. Uh-huh. Lots of hard lessons learned in that. They'll come up later on. Okay. Fair. And my late father, my stepdad was coming towards the end of his life. I was born in 1920. Like you was in the army, a master sergeant. Moved back to DC to be with him the last couple of years of his life. Uh, and he passed away. A couple of years later, my best friend, who's now my business partner as well, in soldier fuel and go pills and such. Yep. He and I decided that we liked telling the stories of the good guys and good girls who do great work for our country and nobody knows what they do. Mm -hmm. So we said, let's tell the stories of the unsung heroes. So one of those was an Air Force squadron called the Hurricane Hunters. Yeah, I know it. Okay, so great. I know somebody who is a hurricane hunter. One what? of my dad's best friends. Really? Yeah, he's Webb. He flees a, an 06 colonel. He flew uh, C-130s. Oh, C-130J. Yeah, into hurricanes. Yeah. I, you know. All right. Yeah. So here's the tech Crazy. you wouldn't know. Yeah. C-130J okay. means that the leading edge of the propellers are armor plate. Yeah, reinforced C-130s. That's what he called them, reinforced right. C-130s. Yep, yep, yep. Because when you fly into the eye of a hurricane, you're flying through hailstorms. Yeah. And so you would ding up. Bad for Those leading airplanes. edges. Exactly. Yeah. Very bad. Very That's bad. how you crashed. You don't want to do that, right? Yeah. So we, we ended up creating a series called Hurricane Hunters. Uh, okay. Wow. I, yeah, I called a buddy of mine, another Georgetown guy. Yeah. Um, who was pretty dominant in the industry. Um, as a matter of fact, after us, he ended up becoming the CEO of Time Incorporated. Wow. His name's Rich Batista. Okay. So I called up Rich and I said, hey, Christian, my partner, said, we've got this great story about the hurricane hunters. So he called a friend of his, who's a CEO of the Weather Channel, mm -hmm. who said, hey, this is great. Let's get it done. Uh, so they offered us a pilot episode. Uh, and I said, uh, I like it pilot episode for hurricane and airplane. Yeah, I had to. Yep. Um, it's right there. Maybe out of ignorance. I'm not sure, but I said, no, we don't want a pilot episode. Of course, everybody in the room said, oh my God, you can't say no. And I said, we want a full series. So they gave us a series. Wow. Yeah. So we ended up doing, uh, two seasons and for various reasons, although we were invited to do a third season, right? we decided not to, okay. and we got really lucky. So luck is part of success. We got lucky because the third season had no hurricanes. So we yeah. got lucky. Fast forward, after that, my late father's thoroughbred breeding farm, I decided to buy out my siblings on that and turn it into a, an incredible venue where I repurposed it from thoroughbred breeding into sport horses. So horses that go over jumps really fast and such. Right. This stuff you see in the Olympics. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Stuff you see in the Olympics. And I'm glad you said that because then I thought, well, you know what? Let's do something nobody else has done in the world. I'm going to start bringing in various Olympic gold medalists from various disciplines from the equestrian world. And then let's bring them over, have them teach throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And... Since I know how to produce TV while these people are teaching, let's go ahead and video record everything that they're doing. And then I contacted a friend of mine who's head of media at the United States Equestrian Federation, which is the governing body for equestrian yeah. activities. And I said, hey, I've got this great content. Let's make a deal. I'll give it to you for free. 
and you create a special channel. And they did. Really? Yes. Horse channel? Well, it, it, it was, it's web-based. Okay. But they created a special portion of their website yeah. featuring what we were doing at wow. my farm. That's fantastic. It was. It was a one-of-a-kind opportunity in the world. Nobody had ever really had this many Olympic medalists coming throughout the year in the various disciplines. It's quite unique. And then you decided, this is the life for me. I'm going to do this forever. Or not exactly. Not exactly. So then <laughs> I woke up one morning and I asked myself, is this what I want to do between now and when I'm dead? And I said, no, it's not. I'm really passionate about soldier fuel. You know, and I thought to myself, you know, here's my best friend who created the Soldier Fuel Energy Bars and the brand and had been selling it to various um, allies of ours and such around the world. Right. Um, even Los Angeles County Fire Department. So these are the bars, and I talked to you about this before offline. Yeah. When I was in the Army, they were called Hua Bones. Yes. And the Army was giving them to us. Yes. And they were, I think they were different than your bars. Yes. They tasted, they were not good. Good tasting bars. And they the have a lot of saturated fats in them. Too. Yeah. So, so I, I do remember Hua bars. And if you're, we're in the army a long time ago, think Clinton administration, like I was, you would have had a Hua bar maybe. So yeah. that's, that's this bar. That's you right. guys. The, but it, it's better now. Yes. So. We completely improved it, uh, redesigned it. And I thought to myself, gosh, you know, I've eaten several thousands of these bars that my best friend's company had been making. And I thought, well, yeah, I turned, so, I turned my farm into something extraordinary. I love that brand Soldier Fuel. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, instead of eating the bars and always buying them, why don't I own the brand, own the company? Fair. So I spoke with my friend and we decided to combine forces and to take it up to a much higher level. So that's when we created Soldier Fuel Energy Drink as well to see if anybody was interested. And if you, you can't see it, if you're listening, but Aleko is drinking a oh. bottle of soldier fuel energy drink. He loves this stuff. So good. And it's got a black hawk with some fast ropers, mm. fast roping down the front. So good. So, so that's how we came to soldier fuel and go pills. So, so that folks, that's Aleko's background. Very simple. The son of a matador and Swedish showgirl who emigrated to Washington, D.C., then became a real estate developer, MBA, Georgetown, law school, uh, went to Las Vegas or no, Los Angeles, yep. entertainment, entertainment did a couple seasons of a television program for the Weather Channel, tech company, and then thoroughbred breeding farm to Soldier Fuel. It all makes sense. It, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So I'm going to bring you all back for the next episode because you're wondering now, well, what is Soldier Fuel? What's the mission? And what has Aleko possibly learned from all of this, there've got to be some good lessons and I'm excited to extract those from you next show, Aleko. So I hope you don't mind sharing with us. I look forward to it. I'm going to throw a little icing on the cake for you. All right. A Papa, teaser? Yeah. Well, part of the background. So Papa, the matador, my father, yeah. the matador. Yeah. He and Picasso were buddies. Really? Yep. I, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. What else, <laughs> what else could possibly happen here? Right. So, um, okay. So, uh, Picasso's buddy, the matador, and I, we're familiar with Picasso painted some matador Spanish things, I think, didn't he? I mean, they I, didn't look like, you know, because he wasn't like a, he was a surrealist. He, he loved the matador world and he went through a season where he did a lot of work with the matadors. Yeah, that's, that is crazy. So you guys have the history now, listeners out there, podcasters and YouTubers, 
Thank you for listening. When we come back, Aleko is going to talk about Soldier Fuel and talk about Go Pills, his current business, what it's doing and what its mission is and lessons learned. He has some interesting lessons lessons learned, hard lessons learned. So that's the teaser. They're not easy lessons. They're hard lessons. And we'll hear a little backstory there. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Black Letter Podcast. We'll see you next time here. Download us wherever you get your podcast, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, you can watch us on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.